Hey, what's going on there, Warrior? It's Jeff here from WarriorLife.com and the Warrior Life Academy, and welcome to podcast episode number 455. So after spending 10 years in the Army as a forward observer, and most of those years being spent in light infantry units and rapid deployment forces, the one skill, if you will, that I had to learn the hard way was how to walk an insane number of miles with an insane amount of gear on my back, sometimes as far as 100 miles in just a few days. Now, along the way, each soldier finds their own little tricks to make the trek easier, prevent the injuries that are going to keep you from reaching your objective, and pushing through the pain in order to accomplish the mission. Now, for anyone who's looking to be prepared in the event of a forced evacuation, heading out on your feet is obviously not the ideal transportation that you should be planning for. But circumstances can change along the way, and to truly be warrior-ready and keep pushing on to safety, your bug-out bag and your LPCs, your leather personnel carriers, may be all you have available. So that's why I want to share with you some of my best tricks that I learned on all those miles to help you plan for this worst case scenario. In fact, I have so much to share with you that I'm going to make this a three-part podcast series all focused on a worst case evacuation scenario so that you'll have a winning shot at survival. And this week in episode one, we're going to talk about specific bug out bag features that will make or break your ability to carry your gear and take it the distance that you need in order to reach safety. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey, what's going on there, Warrior? Jeff Anderson here, warriorlife.com and the Warrior Life Academy. Everyone knows that the... The hallmark of survival gear when it comes to the prepared citizen, the one who is really considering themselves to be ready for whatever is going to hit, any, any disaster, crisis, or even a, an all-out collapse, that survivalist, that hallmark piece of gear is always going to be the bug-out bag. And actually with good reason, because while we hope that you can absolutely stay at home and shelter in place during any sort of crisis that's happening, and that is going to be usually going to be the best place for you to be, sometimes that choice is made for you where that is no longer going to be the safest place for you to be. And then you have to evacuate or bug out to another location. And to be prepared on the way to that plan B location and when you actually get somewhere, you still need to be prepared. You still need to be self-reliant, self-sufficient. You need to have all the supplies that you're going to need because you don't know what's going to be at the other end of your travels and anything along with your travels. And so the bug out bag is really where you store your survival gear. It is the thing that is going to be, it's your luggage. It's your survival luggage, all right? But anytime that you go out on the internet or listen to podcasts, I mean, I'm a bug out bag junkie with good reason because this really does serve as the core of your survival gear plan. But when you go out there and you find a lot of people that are talking about the best bug out bags, how to pack your bug out bags, what to put inside of your bug out bags, most of it is based upon inexperience. It is just regurgitated advice that they've either heard from other survivalists out there who maybe knew or didn't know what they were talking about. It might even be people that are even military and still look at things from a military perspective, but don't understand the civilian kind of transition of that information to be able to be ready for a disaster where you don't have all the supplies, resources, and everything that you normally have as a soldier. Now, in my job specialty, I was a forward observer, so and I was with long-range reconnaissance. So a lot of times I was out there 
in the middle of, you know, behind enemy lines or out on our own where we had to live out of our backpack. It really was our survival bag. And in 10th Mountain Division especially, and being light infantry, we walked pretty much everywhere that we went. Most of the time we didn't have Humvees to bring us out there or Blackhawk helicopters or we didn't get that kind of transportation. We walked everywhere. And to be ready for that, we had to carry our backpacks. Every week we did a seven-mile road march and then we did a hundred-mile road march every, you know, once a year. And we did that uh, typically in four days, so 25 miles a day for four days with a 32-pound backpack plus whatever. You know, for, for people like us, we had extra radios and things like that. But you learn a lot when you actually have to carry that bag for an extended period of time. You learn about the type of bag that you're carrying, which in the military you don't have a choice, but as a survivalist you do. You learn about what to put in there that's going to best support you. Sometimes in the military you're told exactly what to put in there and you have to do that, but you quickly learn what should or should not be in there. And then you also learn some tactics along the way that are going to help make the travel safer, more comfortable, less painful, and be able to get you there faster and more reliably. So what I want to do is take a uh, three podcast episode here, uh, take three of these streams and go ahead and cover some of the tactics that we use in the military and some that have been adapted for civilian use of the bug out bag for survival purposes and give you a top 10 list. And we're going to do that in three different episodes. And the first one is going to be the bag itself some things that you really want to look for that are going to support you specifically to travel. Now, we're not talking necessarily from being able to use it as survival gear. Like, hopefully, if you do have to evacuate, you're going to be able to get inside of a vehicle. If that vehicle, for some reason, either breaks down, runs out of gas, it's no longer going to be your primary transportation. We talk about having a backup means of transportation, like a bicycle, it could be a motorcycle, it could be a lot of different things that can act as a secondary type of transportation. But ultimately, you have to be prepared to go out on your own, on your feet, with nothing but you and something to carry your gear with, aka a bug out bag. So you have to be prepared for the worst in the right way, in the best way, and hopefully you never have to use it. But if you do, you damn well better be prepared for it. Because that's, I mean, if things got that bad, you're under extreme conditions here. So the first thing I wanted to talk about in this stream was going to be the bag itself and give you the top 10 things that a soldier looks for in prepping for a bag that you're going to use for survival purposes. So first thing I'll go over is the structure of the bag itself. So tip number one here is to not have any sort of an external frame to your bag. So I was in the military for 10 years and I can tell you that you know when I first went in, it was the old Alice pack. We had this external frame that was a metal frame and it kept the bag away from you because it had a, because it had a metal frame, it would have been very uncomfortable to wear it right against your back. So it had a, an external frame with a padded waist belt on it that stuck out about four inches away from your body. Now I say not to have an external frame because when it comes to weight, and this is you know, just physics, I guess, or whatever, I wasn't really good at physics, but the further something is away from your body, the, the heavier it is going to feel. So if a, a gallon of water weighs about eight pounds. So here I'm holding right now an eight pound dumbbell. If I, and you can test this out yourself. If you take a small dumbbell or something and put it out, in front of you, holding it straight out, 
you're going to you're going to feel the weight of that. You'll be able to hold it up there straight, but you'll notice that over time you're going to get fatigued because it's going to feel heavier and heavier and heavier as you hold it out away from your body. Well, the same thing happens when you have any sort of weight. The further away from your body it is, the heavier it's going to be mile after mile after mile. They say pounds equal ounces and ounces and uh, I'm sorry, ounces equal pounds and pounds equal equals pain. And that, that's true over time. So, but if you'll, you'll notice that if you bring the weight in close to your body, right up near yourself, that you can hold it there much longer. You don't get as fatigued as you did when you hold it out in front of you. So it's the same principle there. You want a, a, a frameless backpack that is going to hold the, the weight as close to your body as possible and still be comfortable. So tip number one, do not use an external frame. Tip number two is to use something that is modular. Now, a lot of the military bags don't have as much of a modular design. They have external pockets that you can use, but most of them don't have Molly-compatible pouches that you can, you, I mean, you can add these on yourself, right? But something that is a Molly-compatible backpack is going to be your best bet because you have the ability to customize it to however you need it to be. So that could be positioning gear in a very specific way that's going to make it either more accessible to you or it's gonna make it more comfortable for you. You can position the weight in different areas. You can have heavier stuff where you need it in order to, for it to be more comfortable. Um, also, it allows you functional packing. So I've gone over this in some of my, our videos on YouTube, but I will take my entire campsite, if you will, my. The, what I use for a, a shelter, a sleeping bag, everything is all inside of just one eight inch pouch that I use here. So that allows me that I only have one pouch that I have to be able to access instead of, instead of taking apart my pack and looking through the whole thing, trying to find all of my gear. So I have my entire campsite, it fits all inside of one eight inch pouch. All of my survival food, my, my freeze-dried food fits all, no, three days of food fits inside of one pouch. So this allows you functionality that way. Also, if you need to remove anything because something might be too heavy or you're sharing gear with somebody else, you can take it off, it can go on their bag. So Molly compatibility means it's compatible with anything else that's gonna be, that's gonna have a Molly design to it. So I do recommend that you have we always say, like, be tactical, but don't look tactical. That's why we don't use a camouflage backpack and things like that. But I still want all of the benefits of a tactical style pack, which includes that Molly modular design. The other thing that we did was we built in different bags that can be integrated with it. But again, they're all Molly compatible, so they can be positioned anywhere that we need to, to be able to customize it to however we want to. All right. Uh, the third one is to use waterproof, uh, to find a bag with waterproof material. It's made out of waterproof material. Now you can choose to have a, a waterproof bag. You can use a, I wouldn't use a grocery bag. You can use some contractor bags, which are a thicker, like maybe a three mil or a five mil bag. That's gonna make things waterproof inside of there. Um, but I prefer to have the bag itself to be waterproof. And the reason for this is because Again, water, a gallon of water weighs eight pounds. So if your gear is wet, if your clothes are wet, if anything is wet, it's going to naturally weigh more. And your, your whole goal here is to strip off as many, as many pounds as you possibly can. So the waterproof material makes sure that the bag doesn't get as wet. Now, it might just be water resistant, but like 
what we have is like there's a, there's a coating on the inside. The fabric itself is coated with a waterproof material, which protects everything on the inside. So that means I don't need a waterproof bag. So, but you can use a waterproof bag inside of it. I just prefer to keep as many things out of my bag as possible, but you definitely wanna make sure that all of your gear stays very, very dry. All right, tip number four is going to be good quality zippers. This is something that, I mean, most, if you find a cheap bag out there, most likely you're gonna find that they've cut costs in a lot of different places. And one of those places is the zippers that they use. They might be cheap plastic zippers, they might be, um, they, they, just the zipper quality as well as the, like the zipper head is going to not going to be as strong. So it's not gonna, it's not going to absorb like horizontal stretching and things like that when you're really stuffing, you know, you might be stuffing your bag kind of full. If you come across extra food or something, you wanna pack that thing in there. You need something that's going to stand up to it because if your zipper breaks, you're gonna have a hard time. I mean, have you ever seen anybody that has like their luggage on the carousel and it's like duct taped together? Or if the people back in, in the, the baggage handling area broke open luggage because they threw it down, all of a sudden the zipper popped on somebody's suitcase and you see that they wrapped it all up. You don't want that to be you out in a survival scenario, having to duct tape things together, rope it all together. The zippers have to be good quality. They should be self-healing zippers. I recommend that you look for something that's either SBS or YKK. It will say it on that, the zipper head. You can look for that, that there. If you don't see one of those two, then don't even use it because the last thing you want is that, that zipper to be popping on you and then how are you gonna carry your gear around, all right? Uh, I prefer SBS right now, but that's, it's gonna be either one of those will work absolutely fine for you, okay? The fifth thing is going to be a padded backing to the bag itself. So again, it's gonna be frameless, but if you don't have a frame, you still need something to give it structure so that it's not just wadding up and it's gonna be like knobby in the back, in your back. So you're gonna feel things more if you have, I don't know, like you have um, some tool that you threw in there or something, you're gonna start feeling that handle if you don't have something that's gonna provide some comfortable backing and some structure for as you are walking. All right, so a lot of things like the cheaper bags you'll see, they're frameless, but they don't have anything giving any sort of backing in there. Um, if, it's, if it's weak that way, I just certainly would not use it. Um, I prefer like a memory foam that also gives some ventilation. So it has, it's heavily padded in some areas that are gonna cause the most pain in different parts, of, like your shoulder blades, your shoulders, your lower back, your mid back. And if it's ventilated, it allows maybe a little bit of air in there to help keep you cool as well. So a padded backing is gonna be, is gonna be very important and it's gonna provide some additional structure there for you as well. All right, number six is going to be adjustability for comfort. So this is really important. I mean, it's, you can just, I mean, you know this inherently, but you can just go to a local shopping mall and look around at the people that walk by, just stand there in one place. Like, there are different size people, there's different weight people, there's different shapes to body. Some people are more pear-shaped, some people are more apple-shaped, you know? It's just like, there are, everybody's body is different. So any sort of a one-size-fits-all framework to the, the bag that you're choosing isn't going to allow you a lot of customization for it to be comfortable for you. Now, again, this is one of those things where you might put your bug out bag on and unfortunately it might 
feel really good right then, but as you start walking, in fact, one of the reasons why we always stopped, like 15 minutes as soon as we started uh, road marching somewhere, or we, were, we were going somewhere, we stopped after 15 minutes because inevitably you would find that something was hurting somewhere. Something needed to be adjusted. And rather than having to wait 45 minutes to an hour for your first rest break, we always, and we always customize things about 15 minutes in, give ourselves a good 15 minutes going. Most people with a bug out bag have never even put the thing on, let alone walk for three, four, five miles with it to be able to really see how it feels and how it fits. So there's lots of things that you will find for customization. You wanna make sure like your shoulder straps are not a one piece strap that's strapped in there. You can do a lot more if you have straps that for the bag itself attach to the, the frame or some part of your bag and the strap so that you have something that you can lengthen them or shorten them depending upon how big you are or what's comfortable for you. Same thing goes for other parts of your bag. So we have different uh, parts where you can, like there's compression straps, there are straps for the bag on top and bottom, I'm sorry, for the, for the shoulder straps. You also wanna make sure that you have padded shoulder straps. You don't want them to be hugely padded. You want them to really conform because you want as much gripping of your shoulders as possible. The, the really thick foams, in fact, even the ones that we originally had, like on the old Alice packs, had this really thick foam on it, which is fine, but you want something that's gonna really grip onto your shoulders. Now, the weight of the pack is also going to help out with that uh, because it's gonna be weighing down, but you need to make sure that you are um, that you have something that's going to grip on so that you can keep it in one place. The more movement that you have, the more abrasions you're going to get. You can even get, uh, uh, you can get blisters even on your shoulders, on your, on your skin, because all it is is just friction there that's going to be wearing away at it. And you want to keep, you want to keep the pain away. So you want uh, adjustability and comfort for as mu as, with as many places as you possibly can, from the waist belt to the straps, top and bottom of those shoulder straps. All right? Uh, speaking of the shoulder straps, um, number seven actually was padding for the shoulder straps. So you do want something now. I like ventilation on the straps also. So just to be able to give you some, like a mesh is, is all that you really need, but it'll provide some cushion there. So they want them to be padded, but you also want as much breathability as possible. One of the things that we often found ourselves doing was because our shoulders end up hurting more than almost anything on your body is end up kind of letting one strap kind of adjust a little bit, like leaving it a little bit more loose to be able to bring in some ad additional air closer to your body. And uh, that mesh really helps out with that. But then you just kind of tighten it down and you do the other one. So we oftentimes you find yourself on a really long road march. You're kind of shifting the position of where your straps are and giving yourself a break on one shoulder um, and allowing it to breathe, especially if you're in, in a hot weather climate. I'm in Florida, so you know, you're going you're gonna to sweat a lot here. All right, so number seven is padded shoulder straps and uh, padded the right way. All right, number eight is really one of the most critical things here. And it's one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make with their bug out bags. And that is that you want to have a padded waist belt that is extra wide. So if you are watching the videos here at all, uh, we have a, it's a thick waist belt 
but it's padded. So it's padded the same as the shoulder strap so that it grips onto your hips. Now, the reason why this is important is because you are not going to want to carry your weight on your shoulders. It is going to be extremely painful over time. You're going to get, it's going to rub raw. It's going to be very uncomfortable and it's going to cause problems in your lower back, in your neck, in your shoulders. It's, it's the worst way to carry it. You want to carry your weight on your hips. Now, a lot of the cheaper bug out bags out there do not use, in fact, some of them don't even have any kind of a, of a waist strap at all. Big no-no. Most of them, the cheaper ones, will just have some sort of a nylon strap that will allow you to put it around your waist. But if you put any kind of weight inside of that bag at all, when it's unpadded like that, that nylon is going to dig into your sides. You are going to get welts on your hips and you're going to be in extreme pain in a very short period of time, especially the more weight that you have in it. You need something. This is one of the most critical things about your bug out bag. You need an extra wide waistband. So what I mean by that is it needs to be a good four, you know, like four inches at least that is going to not dig in as much. So it's going to spread the weight over a wider area. It also needs to be padded. So when it is on your hips, it is not digging in. And then a strap can be attached to that, that's fine, because you do need adjustability for it. Also, now that you realize this, when you do get a bug out bag, especially if it's got any sort of, hopefully a return policy on it, but if you are a larger person, you need to make sure that that strap goes around you. So um, we built ours for a 54 inch waistline because I know the reality is, is that most civilians out there are gonna have a larger waist. Now a military style bag, if you're a bigger person, well, the military doesn't allow bigger people like that. So the waistbands are not going, they might not even fit you. But unless you know that that is how you're going to carry it, you might not even look to maybe even try that and see if your waistband even fits you or if it fits you comfortably. So you definitely need to make sure, this is probably one of the first things, one of the first things I look at, if I see a bag that doesn't have an extra wide padded waist strap on it, I know that the, the rest of the design doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. So, so that's huge. So that's number, uh, that is number eight here. All right, number nine is going to be front pouches on the bag. So the reason for this is you don't want to be, I mean, one of the things when we were road marching, especially if you're with, with your guys, like you have, you're on a mission, get from point A to point B. Well, I say the same thing when it comes to a bu an evacuation, a forced evacuation, like bugging out, is that you have to treat it sort of like it's a military mission. Your job is to get from point A to point B as safely and quickly as possible without coming into contact with the enemy, whoever that might be. Other people that aren't as prepared. It could be, it could be even be military that perhaps has been ordered to bring people into safety zones or safety areas, Red Cross, FEMA, anything like that. So your goal is to be able to, it's the same as a military mission. So you don't want to have to stop all the time and get to your gear or have other people in your, in your team stop and get to their gear. So you're going to need things that are going to be very accessible to you very quickly. Now, when I was in the military, we had, I went through a few different versions of like a load bearing vest. Some of them looked like suspenders and it had you know, your ammo pouches on it. We would use things like that for carrying snacks in it, a compass in it. Well, a compass would typically go right on right on your gear, strap on there. But you definitely want to have accessibility to things like your compass, like a map, like a, 
uh, snacks that you have without having to stop, take off your pack while you're going. Uh, So you want to have something where you can easily reach gear. Again, the the modular design of having something that is Molly compatible. Uh, It doesn't need to be large. Uh, We just put six inch pouches on the gear works very works very, works very well. You can even hide a handgun in there so it's not out in the open. There's a lot of stuff you can put in there, but you want to have something that's readily accessible that you're going to need while you're actually walking. All right. And then the final thing is going to be you want to have some sort of integrated water carrying capacity. Now, I'm sure if I'll uh, be able to open up our bag here, you can see that there is a port that we have in top of our bag. So I would say what you want to do is you want to look for in any bag that you have to make sure that there is a, a Velcro flap covering up a hole inside of the bug out bag. And the sleeve, uh, there should be a sleeve inside of there where you can carry a water bladder. Now this is something I'll go over in one of the next episodes and we're talking about tactics for, for, the actual, for your actual walking but you don't want to carry your water on the outside. So in the military, oftentimes we had, we had canteens. Now we do use water bladders and things like that. So that is what you want to carry. You want to carry it as close to your body as possible. It's also, it's not going to have any like knobs to it. So that water actually gives you a little bit better, a little bit better comfort against the back there. I mean, you have the padded comfort there, but you don't have something sharp and hard that's going to be up against your back. So having the sleeve up against the back portion is going to be very beneficial, but it's the other thing is that it's going to allow you to carry that weight. Again, if you've got a gallon of water in here, ours is a three liter, I carry a three liter bladder with me, and then the hose comes out of here. Now, the reason why you want this is because again, as you're walking along, you don't want to be trying to get to a canteen or a, I know a lot of people carry like water filter uh, cups with them. They have like their water bottles that they have a filter inside of them. I'm going to go over this in the what to pack to support your, your gear, but you want to make sure that you are choosing a bag that has an integrated water carrying, like a bladder, a water bladder carrying capacity to it that's specially designed for it. And the, way, the best way to tell that is going to be that it has a a hole in the top of it that allows a, a water hose to come out of it so that you can drink from it, all right? So very, very important also. All right, so those are the top 10 things that you should really look for in a bug-up bag. Now, again, this is really about, everything we're we'll gonna be talking about in these three episodes are going to be about supporting you on the move. This is about making it as comfortable for you, allow you to get there as fast as possible, as safe as possible, in the best condition as possible, keeping your wits, keeping your mind, keeping your body. In Warrior Life Academy, we say it's body, brain, and backbone, right? Well, everything that you do with your, on, that, on that walk and how you support it with the structure of your bag, what you pack inside of it, and the things that I'll teach you in the third episode about tactics for that I learned the hard way about how to really kind of grind through it. That's the backbone part of it, all right? So, but keeping your wits about you and keeping the fatigue down is gonna allow you to make better decisions. So everything is affected by how you get from point A to point B, and part of that is the structure of how you choose your your bug out bag, all right? So what are some other things that you look for in a bag? So you can go ahead and leave some comments wherever you are listening to this, either on the podcast, you can go to our our warriorlife.com website. There's a podcast section there. You can go to warriorlifepodcast.com. It'll take you to that section. If you're watching the stream on either YouTube or Facebook or some other 
uh, channel that we have out there as a stream, then just go ahead and you can leave a comment there wherever you're watching the video portion of this. And go ahead and make sure that you sign up wherever you are to make sure that you don't miss any of our episodes. All right, but looking forward to hearing from you, the different tips that you have, especially those of you that are military out there. You've learned a lot, learned it the hard way, and I know you have some really great tips to share with everyone out there, right? So we'd love to hear them. All right, this is Jeff Anderson. Until the next session, the next show that we've got going out there, live like a warrior. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.